takes it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Hope everybody had a great weekend and a very happy and healthy new year to everybody. Want to thank everybody for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Good weekend for the Islanders for the most part. Uh, the big overtime win New Year's Day afternoon, their first ever win in on a New Year's Day uh, in franchise history, so that was certainly a plus, but the four-game Western swing that was supposed to start this week, all four games have been postponed. We'll have our key takeaways from the overtime win against the Oilers, plus we will discuss how this postponement affects the Islanders going forward. That is... Our Islanders' birthday of the day will go back to a key player from the 70s for the Islanders and a lot more coming up on this episode of the podcast. If you've got something Islanders-related on your mind, if you have a question, a comment, a topic that you'd like us to talk about on the show, feel free to send us an email, the email address LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars NYR VSNYI. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news notes and happenings, and I will be live tweeting during every Islanders home and road game uh, once that resumes again, although that's not going to be for more than a week, at least as of now, that is always subject to change, but always great to interact with fans during games and really any time. So please message me on Twitter, hit me up. It's all good. I always love to interact with listeners to the show and Islanders fans. 3-2 win for the Islanders on Saturday afternoon of New Year's Day matinee at the UBS Arena. And a big one, because we've talked about the need for this team to string together wins, and that's what they finally seem to be doing. We'll really talk about two players in particular who I think played a major role in that victory. And the first one, I I think, is an obvious one, but let's talk about Noah Dobson. Noah Dobson, a goal the game-winner in OT. He also adds an assist and five shots on goal in this game. The thing I love about Noah Dobson, there was concern coming into this year, and a lot of it was legitimate, especially when you saw how Dobson was playing in the first couple of weeks of the season, that Noah Dobson may not be ready for that top four minutes, that new responsibility 
with the absence of Nick Letty that he was going to be asked to do because he really is, as of right now, the team's only puck-moving defenseman. But after that sluggish, inconsistent start, we have seen Noah Dobson mature almost right before our eyes. And what he did was quite uh, impressive, what he's done over the last five or six games, maybe more. And now he is becoming that go-to guy. He's not there yet. He's got to do it more consistently. But he is becoming that go-to guy that the Islanders know they needed. And slowly but surely, we're seeing him more confident with the puck. We are seeing him knowing when to pinch and when to stay back. And we are seeing him contribute more and more offensively. And... That is, you know, the five shots on goal tied him for the team lead with Anthony Bevilier. And, you know, it is, it is imperative, it is vital for the Islanders that Noah Dobson step up and play this way. He's doing that, and we see the results. The other player I wanted to mention, Kiefer Bellows. Bellows picking up another assist. Uh, in the game against Edmonton, and that was great. And he did uh, another good job. And again, with Bellows, not afraid to shoot the puck. Four shots on goal for Kiefer Bellows on a team that doesn't have enough guys who shoot the puck often. You need someone like Kiefer Bellows in the lineup. And no, he's not where the Islanders necessarily want him to be so far as doing things without the puck, but he's getting better. And when Oliver Wallstrom comes back into the lineup, Wallstrom and Bellows together would give the Islanders two forwards who are not afraid to shoot the puck. And that is something that they really desperately need to have moving forward because this is a team that needs to shoot more. And look, Bellows is more of a power forward positionally. We know it takes power forwards a little bit longer to develop and to reach the spot they want to reach in their game because of the physicality necessary to play that position. But seeing Bellows do that is definitely a positive. And I think Barry Trotz, when he returns, needs to figure out uh, a way to get Bellows in the lineup, game in and game out. And that, you know, Bellows, if he keeps doing what he's doing has a chance to earn that day-to-day roster spot. Meanwhile, Austin Zarnick wanted to mention him briefly. Yes, he had another assist. It was a key assist. He really sort of sacrificed his his body on the play in the Bovillier game-tying goal early in the third period. Zarnick is not a star player. He is not the kind of guy who's going to put up 50, 60 points in a season uh, he's not the most physical guy, but here's the thing about Austin Zarnick. He's smart. He knows what to do positionally, and Zarnick is going to give you everything he has on every shift. So do I think he's a permanent part of the Islanders lineup when everybody's healthy and everybody's off the injured and COVID list? No. But is he a valuable person for this organization to have, and does he contribute when he's on the ice Yes, and I like watching what he does. Sorokin uh, played okay, but credit to the Islanders' defense as a team in this game. The Islanders 
holding an explosive Edmonton Oilers team to just 19 shots on goal in this game. And look, Leon Dreisaitl, one shot on goal in this game. He scored on it, but only one. Connor McDavid, three shots on goal in this game. You hold the two most dangerous players on Edmonton and possibly the two most dangerous players in the league to four shots on goal, you're doing something right. And did the Islanders sacrifice offense in order to do that? Yeah, they did. But I'll tell you something else. It was a good thing that they did that because that's how you slow down an explosive Edmonton team that scored five goals just the night before against uh, uh, five goals against the New Jersey Devils. This is what they need to do, and the Islanders are getting it done. So really a good overall performance. The second period wasn't what the Islanders wanted it to be, but overall the Islanders getting the job done, and you have to be pleased. It's a second win in a row, which is something this team badly needed, and now they can move forward from here and hopefully set up more success. When we come back, we'll talk about the coaching staff. A lot of coaches not on the bench for the win against Edmonton, including Barry Trotz. We'll have the latest on injuries and COVID, plus the postponement of this four-game road trip, what it means for the Islanders going forward, and and how this team is going to have to deal with yet another difficult set of circumstances. All that and more coming up on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. And if yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good you'll want to eat it. Unlike other protein bars, they could be chalky, waxy, or taste like a chemical spill. You want to eat healthy, but it just gets so boring. By like week three, you might be thinking, this is just not worth it. Where's the chocolate? Well, Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, and yet 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. Here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, in the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary or calorie-filled treats and replace them with Built Bars. So when you're craving a snack or a treat, you can reach for something that's healthy and tastes incredible. Gotta, gotta do that. Gotta do it. And then there are so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new limited time flavors, so check out Built.com to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15, you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. So let's talk about what happened before the game for the New York Islanders. Uh, the coaching staff, not there. Barry Trotz, not behind the bench for what the Islanders tweeted out were personal reasons that were non-COVID-related. Whatever it is, we wish Trotz 
the best and, and hope that everything is long-term okay for him. Then assistant coach John Gruden and goalie coach Piero uh, Greco, they are in COVID protocol. So COVID continues to go through the team. And I'll tell you, it is, it's difficult to think of how many Islanders have not yet been in the COVID protocols. I could think off the top of my head of, you know, the two goalies in Varlamov and Sorokin. But overall, I think almost all the other regular players have been on COVID at one point or another, which is absolutely crazy. But with Trotz gone, um, you know, only two coaches on the bench for the New York Islanders in that game against Edmonton, and yet they still managed to get the job done and earn the victory. So again, to the two assistant coaches, we hope they have a full and complete and speedy recovery. And now with the four games postponed, uh, you know, they they may not miss any more games. But here's what the uh, NHL decided to do. Wednesday's game uh, for the Islanders in Vancouver, postponed. Saturday, January 8th in Edmonton, postponed. And the January 11th game at Calgary, postponed. And just for whatever else it was worth, the Tuesday game in Seattle, which was going to be the Islanders' first trip out to play the Kraken, that was postponed mostly because the other three games were postponed and it didn't make sense for the Islanders to fly out to Seattle and then just fly back. They wanted to coordinate it with the rest of the road trip. Now, none of the makeup dates for these games have been uh, announced, so they are still to come. And here's what Bill Daly, the NHL's deputy commissioner, told The Athletic over the weekend. He said that he does not, quote, anticipate that there will be additional games scheduled prior to the next Uh, game that the Islanders now have on their schedule, and that is January 13th against the Devils. Now, is it possible that they could squeeze in a game here or there? They have to make up a road trip to Buffalo and Philadelphia, but as of right now, that does not seem to be the plan. And look, the Islanders are just starting to hit their stride. They are 5-2-4 in their last 11 games. They won consecutive games for the first time since around election day. It's positive developments, and yet now this team is going to be off for another dozen days before they are scheduled to resume play. And that assumes, keep in mind, that no other games will be postponed between now and then. So you're putting the Islanders in a situation where by the time they play the Devils uh, at UBS Arena, they will have played three games in 25 days. That is basically another Olympic break without having an Olympic break. And it's a difficult situation. And here's the situation as far as the future schedule is concerned. And this is why an additional postponement really hurts the Islanders right now. Number one, you've got momentum going. This team is playing better hockey, as we mentioned, two in a row. Uh, 
you know, points in nine of their last 11 games. They're starting to play well enough to put wins together, and that's what you needed from this team. But then here's the other thing. If the season stays at 82 games and runs through April 29th, which is now when it is supposed to go through, the Islanders have 106 days left, and they still have to play 54 games. That is a game every other day, a little bit worse than a game every other day. And it is going to be a situation, well, here's what Barry Trott said on Thursday about this. We could end up with weeks where we're playing five games in seven nights. That takes its toll, but hopefully the schedule maker can find enough dates to spread it out, and if we do that, we'll be fine. So the Islanders now, they'll be practicing, they'll be resting. The momentum that they've been putting together is not going to be easy to, to put back after this break. And he, here's Anthony Bevilier. I'm not going to lie, Bevilier said. It's never easy. We want to get momentum going and have games and play, especially when you get points. But it is what it is. It happens. It's the world we live in now. It happens to other teams. We're going to make the most of our time off and get ready and get prepared and have a good rest of the season after that. Anders Lee, again, trying to make it into a positive. We can take this time to work on quite a few things and get some guys back in and healthy and really take on the rest of the year, hopefully without any interruptions. We look at it as the best way we can take this time and hone in on our game. Here's some of the good points, though. Injured players. Injured players could be coming back. You know that Ryan Pulak will miss less time as a result of this postponement. He should be back in the lineup by the time the Islanders resume, barring any additional setbacks. Kyle Palmieri also, hopefully, will be available uh, by the time the Islanders resume play. Here's the deal, though. Right now, the Islanders have nine games to make up. They only know the date of one of them, and that is the Ranger game that was supposed to be played November 28th. That makeup date is March 17th, but you still have a road game in Philadelphia, home games against Montreal, Washington, Detroit, and then road games against Buffalo, Seattle, Vancouver, Edmonton, and Calgary to make up. So there is still a lot to figure out, and we'll see what the schedule maker has in mind. And you know what? There's nothing much you could do about it. Given COVID, given everything we know about the situation right now, all 32 teams are in similar sets of circumstances. The Islanders are going to have to roll with it. All the other teams are going to have makeup games as well. And hopefully, again, the NHL can find that sweet spot where they are keeping players, coaches, and, and, and employees safe and still find a way to complete this schedule as close to on time as they can, play all 82 games, and move on from there. But it's going to be an interesting situation. Islanders have to roll with this. They really don't have a chance, but at least now... This team is looking up the way they're playing. They're playing better, and there is hope for this Islanders team going forward. When we come back, we will discuss 
our Islanders' birthday of the day and some more thoughts about all of these postponements and everything else happening to the Islanders and and the league as a whole. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. We're going to go back to the beginnings of the franchise, a key Islander throughout the 70s. I'm talking about defenseman Jerry Hart, Hart turning 74 on New Year's Day, and we wish him a belated 74th birthday. And I'll, I'll tell you, Hart, not drafted. He was only 5'9", 175 pounds, and yet he was never afraid to be physical, to drop the gloves when he had to, and to play a good, solid defensive game. Made his NHL debut with the Red Wings one game in 1968-69, came to the Islanders in 1972-73, the team's first year, and stayed with them through the 78-79 season. And after that, he went to the Quebec Nordique in the expansion draft and became a member of the Nordique, finished his career with the St. Louis Blues. So he missed out on the Stanley Cup run with the Islanders by just one year. His best year offensively, and he was not known as an offensive player, but I'll I'll list two. He had two solid years, 75-76, six goals, 24 points, and 77-78, two goals, 25 points. He had a better year uh, in 79-80 with Quebec, where he had a career-high 26 points, but offense was never necessarily Jerry Hart's thing. He was tough, he was tenacious, and he was a very important player for Al Arbor and the Islanders' defense throughout their run in the 70s, especially from 1975 till 1979 when the Islanders were perennial contenders. Jerry Hart was a big part of it. We're going to go back and look at one of his better offensive games with the Islanders. January 6, 1976 at the Nassau Coliseum. The Kansas City Scouts come to town. They are now the New Jersey Devils. Bill McKenzie was the goalie for Kansas City. Billy Smith in between the pipes for the New York Islanders. Islanders getting on the board first. Billy Harris, who was the first pick ever in Islanders history. He scored midway through the period, his 17th from Burt Marshall, 10:43 the time of the goal. After one period, Islanders up 1-0. In the second period, Brian Trottier adds to the lead, his 16th. Billy Harris and our Islanders birthday of the day, Jerry Hart with the assists at 5:35. 31 seconds later, Clark Gillies makes it 3-0, his 17th. Jerry Hart and Jean Potvin with the assist, two assists in 31 seconds for uh, Jerry Hart, our Islanders' birthday of the day. The scouts do get back into the game. Dennis Dupere, his first of the year from Jean-Guy Legacy and Gary Bergman at 11.55. That made it 3-1, but the Islanders' power play goes to work late in the period. Wilf Paymont off for hooking for Kansas City. And Jew Druan, his 13th, Ed Westfall and J.P. Parise, yes, Zach's dad, with the assists, Four to one Islanders after two periods. In the third, the Islanders' power play gets to work again. Dennis Patterson off for interference. Jude Druan scores again. Dennis Potvan and the captain, Ed Westfall, with the assist at 6.05. And then 26 seconds later, our Islanders' birthday of the day, Jerry Hart, his second of the year from Brian Trottier. Islanders up 6 to 1. Jude Druan is 15th from Parise and Westfall. 
Also on the power play, Ken Murray in the box for the scouts for elbowing it. Time of the goal, 14.53. And then Jerry Hart, his second of the game, third of the season from Andre St. Laurent at 15.26. Islanders cruise to an 8-1 win over the scouts. And the Islanders with 42 shots on goal in this game, just 21, a 22 rather, for Kansas City. So 21 saves for Billy Smith. But for Jerry Hart, two goals, two assists, a plus three, scored on both of his shots. And basically, you can add uh, four. <coughs> you, you, you just have to add a strong two-way game. Drew Duran with the hat trick in this game as well. So a nice, easy win for the Islanders uh, back on January 6th, 1976, the year of our nation's bicentennial, and a strong game for Jerry Hart. Gotta like what I see from the Islanders recently. They're starting to come back. They're starting to get healthy. They're starting to find their groove. The whole key is just now not letting this week and a half off disrupt that momentum. Fingers crossed. I like this team. It's a veteran team. It's a well-coached team. I think if anybody can stay in the groove, it's a Barry Trotz, Trotz coached team like the New York Islanders. And hopefully they will be able to do that. Once again, I want to thank everybody for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Bets. It's your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets is hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It's free and available on all platforms. We will be back tomorrow. We will talk a little bit more about everybody's health and the COVID situation, we'll talk about what this delay is going to mean to this team. We have a, an email from a listener, and please, if you want to uh, send us an email, we'll definitely be doing mailbag episodes this week. We've got a lot to discuss, so make sure you join us for that. Until then, have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. Again, a happy and a healthy new year, and of course, let's go Islanders!